Good morning, Rock Hill. So happy to have you guys here with us on this muggy holiday weekend. But you are in a great place, and the AC is working great in here in the auditorium anyway. So we're so glad that you guys are here. We're going to do this a little bit differently today. Uh, we've got some, some stuff going on uh, today that's going to change up the service a little bit, but I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So the first thing I want to do, not only do we have a familiar face that's going to be a surprise for you guys next week, but uh, some of you will recognize a familiar face this week as well. I would like to invite the Werps family to come up and join us. They are with us this weekend. Some of you are familiar with these guys, and to some of you, these are new faces. And so we want to do two things. We wanted to remind you about this wonderful family for those of you who know them. Those of you who don't know them, we would like to introduce you to them because they are a special family to our church. So Malachi, why don't you go ahead and introduce the family to us, those that are here and not here even. All right. Oh, it's so great to be back here. We love Rock Hills. Um, so fun to see you guys. And my name is Malachi, and this is my wife, Emily, and this is our oldest son, Grayson, seven, and Jaden is four, and Grayson was dedicated here at Rock Hills, um, and we also have two twins that are almost three, Abram and Ashlyn, almost three years old, and they're getting potty trained at home by Grandpa and Grandma right now, so, <laughs> but um, yeah, Rock Hills is so special to us. We love you guys, and this is our home church that launched us out in the mission field in 2011, so it's great to be back. So catch us up on that. How did you get from living here in Rock Hills, uh, living in San Antonio, and going to Rock Hills, to being on the mission field? I was a software developer here for 14 years at Southwest Research Institute, and just feeling God tug on my heart. Um, towards missions, and um, we found the Center for Mission Mobilization, and we discovered uh, this strategic need for missions, uh, people to be mobilized to missions, and what we do at the CMM is we send teams to the parts of the world where the church has grown a lot, like, um, I don't know if you know this, but the majority of the church, over 80%, is in the global south, in Latin America, Asia, and um, Africa. And so um, just a short story to kind of illustrate what we do. There's um, a team in China that lives in a gateway city that's like right on the verge of where a lot of the unreached peoples are, uh, Muslim peoples in the west part of China. And um, we just heard a story about this uh, house church member, Zhang Li, that um, what they've done is our team has invited some house church members to come along with them as they... Uh, meet weekly, and they teach English to these, these Muslim peoples. And Zhang was talking about how she was afraid of these people, and now her heart is softening towards how she could share the gospel with them. And maybe her being so much closer culturally than us, she can reach them um, like we can't. So we're excited to be a part of that. I love, uh, whether it's you guys or anybody, I love those stories and, and life stories, really, of you being in a place that's normal to all of us, you're going to your job here in San Antonio, and you said you sensed that call, you know, and so you guys took a step of faith, and I think we can all be in, at that place in some point in our lives where we feel like, I feel like God wants me to do this, and that may not be leaving your job and taking a huge step of faith like this, but it may be something smaller for you, but God works in all of our lives in those situations where he calls us to take that step of faith, and so I think the big picture there that I want you to share with all of us is why? why. Why do you do it? Why do you pack up your family, leave a job with security and a paycheck, and get to a place where you're saying, God, 
we just trust you that you're going to provide for us. We trust you that you're going to use us. So the big question is, why do you do it? I'm going to answer that one. Um, when I was first walking, I think both of us, and just understanding my relationship with Jesus, it was all about me. Like, how could God answer my prayer? What is God's word going to help me with? And we both took a class called Perspectives, and it literally changed our perspective, where it's no longer about me. It's like, oh, it's about God, and he has a plan and purpose for each of us in the world. And so from there, we put our yes on the table. and like, okay, God, we want to be part of your plan, not my idea of what security and comfortable looks like. And so from there, literally at our wedding, we put our yes on the table. And so when um, this opportunity came up for him to be the technology director in Arkansas, of all places, the yes was already there. It was up to trust and obey and see how God would provide. Awesome. Saying yes before you even know what the question is. That's, that's awesome. And I just want to say on behalf of Rock Hills here as your church here in San Antonio, thank you guys for what you're doing. And I just want to encourage you guys, every time you're giving, when you're putting money back there in the box or giving online, you're helping us to support them. So when you're supporting them, you're supporting the guy who's just become a Christian in Ecuador, you know, or wherever it may be. So everything that God is doing in and through them, you guys have a part of that. And I realize some of you don't even know Malachi and Emily, or some of you are just kind of catching up as you're seeing their faces or seeing them here today. But I want you guys to know you're a part of what they're doing. So the last thing I want you guys to share with us is how can we keep you guys in prayer? What can we be praying for you specifically about or the Center for Mobilization, Mission Mobilization? Did I get that right? Center for Mission Mobilization. Um, How can we be praying for you guys, support you guys as your church body, even when you're, you're not when you're out of sight, we don't want you to be out of mind. So how can we be supporting you guys? Fantastic. I appreciate that. Um, I'll share a couple things. I'll let Emily share about how you can pray for us. Um, we're so thankful to have a sending church like Rock Hills. When we left, you guys launched us out so well. And this is our home base. I mean, it's, it's hard sometimes. You feel like you're alone. You're out there. You're doing something that's a little different. And you're living on a faith journey. And to know that you guys are behind us. So just thank you. Just keep praying for that. And um, the way you embrace us when we come back is a huge encouragement. Also, help us spread the word. Um, our goal is to be in 60 countries within the next how many ever years. God takes you that. We're in 12 right now. And uh, one of the ways we're doing that is we're, we're recruiting like crazy. So if you know anybody that might want to take this journey with us, help us spread the word. We also have these little studies called the Explore Study. I'd love to put some of these in your hands. If you could commit to go through this yourself or take a small group through this, um, it just helps you explore God's heart for the nations. And um, this is a great way to kind of perk interest in what God's doing in the world, unreached peoples, and what those are, and what's that all about. So um, help, us, help us get the word out there for that. The way you can specifically pray for us is, like I shared, um, we have four young kids. Malachi goes to work, you know, in their headquarters and is their technology director. So life just looks busy and full and parenting, and it's so easy to lose track of the vision. And be just so focused once again on yourself, what's going to keep us comfortable, what's going to help them behave. So we need you to pray for, like, the bigger picture that we keep that in front of us, for the things that are happening that are unseen, so that. And um, we do need you to be faithful givers here. We need you to do your part to trust and obey here at Rock Hills because it does make a difference. And um, so from financial support to prayer to just being faithful here and playing your part would be a huge blessing to us. And we are just so thankful for you guys. And we truly see you as partners in what we are doing. 
All right, let's pray for the Werps family together, if you guys would. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Werps right now. And Father, we thank you that your presence and anointing and blessing is upon them. Father, we stand with them as a church, as friends, as family. And we thank you, Father, that they have given their yes, Father, and they've trusted their lives to you. Lord, we pray that you provide for their every need, that you open up doors for the gospel to go forth. And Lord, uh, we pray that you would keep them in our minds and in our hearts, that we know how to pray and when to pray, Father, and how we can support them in practical ways. Uh, But Father, we pray that uh, this is just the beginning of all that you're going to do in and through them, Father, and that you continue to expand your word and your kingdom. And we thank you for them. We speak blessings over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much. I want to encourage you guys after the service to catch up with the Werps and let them know that you love them and uh, you're going to be praying for them in the midst of all that they are doing. Uh, Like I said earlier, some of you already knew the Werps. Some of you, let's be honest, you saw them today and you're like, oh yeah, those guys. And some of you were like, oh great, so good to see you again. And really that's why if you've known missionaries and over the years of ministry, we've, we've got quite a few missionaries that we're connected with. So we're always getting like emails or postcards with their pictures on it. And the reason is, is because they aren't here with us. They're in Arkansas or they're in Argentina or they're in Guatemala or they're in China, wherever they are all around the world. And it's easy for us to forget about them. And so that's why it's so important. A lot of times missionaries will send you things to just say, hey, here, we're still here. We're still serving the Lord. We've given him our yes, and we're out here. Please don't forget about us. Please be praying for us. Please support us. And so it's easy for us to forget things, especially if you're anything like me. I don't know if any of you are even willing to admit it, but I could meet somebody and 30 seconds later go, "Ah, I just forgot what your name was, even though you just told me, right? I mean, we, we have this tendency when we're disconnected from things to forget them. And so when I heard that the Werps were going to be here today, I thought I want to take this opportunity for us as a church to have a visible reminder of who we're supporting and what they're doing. And so I want you guys to keep them in prayer. And I also want you to keep uh, in mind how important your giving is because it helps us to do everything that we do here as a church But also, we've never been a church that's just about us and what happens inside these four walls. We want to reach people in our city that may never come in these doors. We want to reach people in our country that may never come in these doors. And we want to reach people around the world because we believe that the gospel is for them. And so we want to keep that reminder in front of us. Like I said, I'm the chief of sinners when it comes to being forgetful and forgetting things. Fortunately, my wife has learned to help me out over the years, and she'll leave sticky notes or say, where would you like me to put this so you don't forget it, you know, and she's learned to help me out, whether that's notes or emails or reminders, and so that's just a disclaimer, by the way. If you want me to remember something and you catch me on Sunday morning and tell me about something really important, chances are I'm thinking about the message I'm going to share, and I'm thinking about lunch. And those are probably the two things right there, right? And so I may not remember anything that you told me by the time I get out of these doors. So if you want me to remember something, please let my wife know or email me during the week. And so that way I will remember it. But I also think it's important uh, as we're talking about remembering that we acknowledge what this weekend is all about. It's not just about all the people who left town this weekend to go to the beach or wherever they might have gone. We're celebrating Memorial Day and... To do that, we want to 
pause. It's important that we have a rhythm in our lives where we stop and remember what we have here today, where you and I have the freedom to come and worship, and I have the freedom to tell you about how much Jesus loves you and the fact that he can save your soul and give you forgiveness and give you hope and all of those things. We have the ability to do that because great men and women have gone before us and paid a great price so that we could be here today. Those who have given their lives, those who have, I even think those who have risked their lives, and in, in many ways, just like uh, the Warp shared, they gave their yes to God. A lot of our military give their yes without knowing if they're ever going to make it back or not. And so I think it's important uh, that during this weekend that we remember What's normal to us, because it's just normal to us being able to get up and go to church and do all the things that we do. And because it's so normal, we tend to forget the great price that was paid because it's not in front of us. And so um, I don't want to be guilty of forgetting. I I want us to remember in the midst of our daily routines and the stress that comes in life and the bills that come up and all those things that we have a lot to be grateful for. So if we could throw another prayer in, I would like to stop the service here just for a moment today and, uh, and just pray a prayer of thanks uh, that God has given us this opportunity to live here. So would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today that we have the freedom to come and worship you. We have the freedom uh, to be who you've called us to be because others have gone before us and selflessly sacrificed and selflessly served. And Father, today, we just want to stop and pause and pray for those families today who may be hurting uh, because they miss those who have given their lives. Pray for those who are, are praying for their, their loved ones as they're out in harm's way right now. And uh, Father, we thank you. Um, Lord, that we have this opportunity and this privilege, and we don't want to take that for granted. So, Father, help us to be grateful people in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, whether it's uh, people that we've connected with over the years and we can tend to forget and remember, or maybe it's meaningful holidays like Memorial Day, where we can forget, but then we're reminded to remember that there's something important. Uh, There's all this routine in our lives that can tend to just kind of cover up all that other stuff because you've got meetings that are coming up this week. And if you've got kids in school, you've got, you know, final presentations going on and everything, or you're getting ready for vacation or whatever it may be. And life is going on. And because of that, Sometimes we can forget even the most important things. Sometimes it's relationships that we have with others. Sometimes it's significant moments in our lives. But a lot of times we can even put our relationship with God kind of on the back burner. It's not necessarily that we don't believe in God. It's just that life and stress gets so busy that all of a sudden we can look up and it's been a long time since we've even acknowledged God. And that's why it's important to have a regular rhythm in your life of going to church where you worship with one another, a regular rhythm in your life where you can take time each day just to be thankful to God, just to give Him thanks and let Him work on your heart. But there's things that distract us, and sometimes it's even just our own flesh. You know, sometimes it's not bad stuff. It's not like the devil showing up with a pitchfork, right, and saying, I'm going to get you. You know, it's just you. You can get so busy with the things of life that we can tend to forget about God. John 10.10 tells us that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And sometimes I think that we can forget God's goodness and His power 
and his greatness just because we get so busy. And then the enemy finds victory because we just tend to forget about God. We see this pattern all through the Old Testament, right? You've got the people of God, and they make this covenant with God, and they say, we're going to serve you. And then the Bible says that the next generation comes along after the previous generation had seen God's goodness, had seen his miracles. The next generation comes along and it says, and they forgot about God's goodness. And then so God lifts his blessing from them and life gets really, really bad. It gets so bad that the next generation comes along and says, oh God, we need you. Forgive us for forgetting about you. So God says, I will give you my love again. And he restores his people. And then the next generation comes along and they forget about God's goodness. And things get really bad. And then they cry out to God again. And God gives his blessing again. And then they forget again. And they go through this cycle over and over and over, generation after generation. And I think even though we're not necessarily looking generationally, our lives can be the same from day to day to week to week. Right? There are times in our lives when we cry out to God and we sense God's presence and we sense Him moving and then all of a sudden life gets busy or stressful and we just tend to forget until the next time when things come crashing down and then we say, oh God, we need you. And God says, I'll never stop loving you. I'm right here and He's good. And we, and we need to have this constant reminder in our lives of how good God is so that we don't fall into those traps of forgetting about Him. As a matter of fact, the phrase, do not forget, I put that in in my Bible search this week, and it comes up again over and over and over because God is always challenging us. I I don't want to be your backup plan. God is saying, do not forget my goodness, my power, my faithfulness to you. I want you to remember. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, only be careful. And watch yourselves closely that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and your children after them. David writes in Psalms, he's reminding himself because he's going through that cycle of believing in God but then being stressed out as people are chasing him and trying to kill him. So he's constantly reminding himself about how good God is. Psalms 103 says this, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he has done. He forgives my sins, heals my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. He's reminding himself of God's promises. As a matter of fact, that whole chapter, Psalms 103, I encourage you to read it this week. I encourage you to read it. Read it out loud. I encourage you to look yourself in the eye in the mirror and read this out loud and remind yourself of how good God is. Even for Tiffany and I this last week, we faced a situation where like, man, everything that we've been working for in this one area of life could all of a sudden just really have a wrench thrown in it. And we said, you know what? God has been good to us every step of the way. We can trust him. He's going to continue to be good to us. And not only was he good to us, Uh, with the report we got back, but he was better than good to us, even better than what we had expected. So if we just stopped there and we just said, okay, what we need to do is constantly remind ourselves of who God is, our life would be set on a great track. Because if you see God for who he is and you can see yourself for who you are, 
it's going to put everything in your life in line. But I want to tell you, it gets even better than that. Because not only can you remember who God is, but what's even more beautiful than that is God remembers you. Out of every person that has ever existed on the planet, through history and yet to come, God knows who you are. Better than you know yourself. It says he knows the numbers of hairs on your head. God remembers you. And it's not just like every once in a while, you know, you throw up a prayer and he's like, oh, yeah, I, I don't remember your name, but yeah, you. He knows exactly who you are. No matter how many Michaels he knows, he knows exactly which one you are. He knows who we are. In Isaiah uh, 49, he's reminding the people of God that, that God knows who they are. Could God ever forget you? And it says in verse 15, Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. Always in my mind is the picture of Jerusalem's walls and the ruins. God remembers you, and he remembers everything that you have been through. He knows your name. He knows your difficulties. He knows your victories. God has bound himself to his promises. And his promises are that if you are a believer, if you have surrendered yourself to him, that he is forever bound in covenant, a promise to you. It says in Exodus 2, 24 and 25, God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew that it was time to act. So this is one of those times people had forgotten about God. They remembered and cried out to God. And it says that God remembered. Now when he remembered, it's not because he forgot. But when he remembers, he is reassuring himself of the commitment that he has made. He remembers you. He remembers his commitment to you. Remember this uh, in the Bible? Jesus is hanging Uh, getting ready to be crucified between two thieves, two guys that were legitimate criminals, and they're being crucified. And these guys are having a conversation as their lives are about to be ended. And one guy is cursing at Jesus, you know, saying, how could you let this happen? And the other guy does something different. He says this, we deserve to die for our crimes, but this man has done nothing. And then watch what he asks Jesus. He said, Jesus Remember me when you come to your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus, remember me. God remembers you. When you have reached out to him, there is a covenant upon your life, a promise upon your life that no circumstance can void, that no situation can take away. Jesus, God remembers you. My prayer for today is that we would not forget, but that we would remember the price that was paid for us by our Savior and the promise that was given to us. I'm going to ask Josh to come on back up to the stage, and we're going to finish today with a little bit of worship and communion. Because when Jesus is in his last few days with the disciples, he, he being a genius, here's what he does. He says, I want to give you a tangible way that you can remember me, that you will not forget the promise that was made on your life or 
the price that was paid for your life. So he gives us communion, the Lord's Supper, Eucharist, with the tangible, visible evidence of a body that was broken and blood that was shed so that you can be everything that God called you to be. You can do everything that God called you to do because there is a promise upon your life. It's something so ordinary. It's taking a bite and taking a drink. And he knew that if that was something that we did all the time, let me put something in your life that is going to constantly remind you of the cross, of how the price was paid and the promise was given for your life. So as we take communion today, I want us to stop. I want us to put the pause button on all the stress that's going on in your life, whether it's relationship issues, financial issues, whatever it may be going on in your life. I want you to set it aside and say, God, I want to pause and I want to remember. I want to remember what you have done for me. I want to remember who you are. And I want to take security today in the fact of remembering that you remember me, that you know my name, that you know what I'm facing. You've seen every tear that I've cried. It has not been forgotten. Would you ask God to come and search your hearts today. I don't want this to be a rush time. I know at the end of service, we can kind of be like, all right, almost time to go get lunch. I want us to just pause and say, God, this is your time and your moment. Would you come and speak to us? Let's get our hearts right. Where do you need to ask God to forgive you? Where do you need to ask God for help? Where do you need to ask God for wisdom? Where in your life do you need to surrender? Some of you, I would, I would dare even take a page from the Werps notebook and say, you may need to go ahead and give God your yes before you even know what he is going to ask you to do. That's surrender right there. Say, God, I'm, I'm yours, no matter what it is that you call me to do. Some of you may just need to get quiet and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to you today to remind you that you are his to remind you that you are loved and forgiven. Now, if you are a believer, it's important that you remind yourself of those things. And we're going to do that in just a moment by communion. You may be here today and you're just saying, I'm searching. And if you just want to sit in your seat and you're looking for answers, that's okay too. But if you're at the place where you say, you know what? I'm ready to surrender. I just want to lead us in a prayer. And after I pray, I'm going to ask If you could come up these outside aisles and you can grab the cup and you can grab the bread and then you can take it down the middle aisle back to your seat. We will take those together in a second. As we go through, Josh and the team are going to lead us in some worship. I encourage you to pray. Search your heart. Get your heart right and spend some time with God. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you remind us today of the price that was paid for us of the blood that was shed for us, of your body that was broken for us. Lord, that we are forgiven. Lord, that your word tells us if anyone is to believe in you and confess with our hearts and our mouth, Lord, that you are Lord, that you will be our Lord. And so, Father, today, if there's anyone here, Father, who needs to surrender for the first time or maybe for the hundredth time, God, I want to lead the way by joining in with them because I need to surrender. Lord, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me, 
to pay for my sins. That I could be adopted as your son, as your daughter. Father, I thank you that I'm a new creation because of the price you paid and the promise that's given. Lord, I surrender all that I am to you. And I thank you for the cross. In Jesus' name.